For 10 years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. It's Rosie on the House, and I'm here in studio. I'm Rosie. We've got uh, one of our project managers from Rosie Remodeling in studio with me, Mr. Bruce Stumbo. Bruce, again, thanks for coming in Saturday morning. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. But Romy's here, who came home early from a little camping trip. And, of course, we have Gary, the engineer, in the engineering booth. And I just had to do it. Folks, listen, I want to paint a picture for you. Here in the broadcast studio, uh, we're in a state-of-the-art facility that includes four large screen TVs that are blasting different news channels in your face constantly while you're here trying to concentrate on the callers and what your topic is. And virtually every screen is filled with some report about the hurricane that's hitting Louisiana. Uh, So, Gary, I know where you're from in Louisiana, the eye of the storm looks like it's going to fall almost exactly between your hometown and my hometown. Yeah, Lafayette is uh, looks like the bullseye for the center. Yeah. But the way this, it's a weird storm because the top part of it is not so wet, but it's the south and the eastern part as it's making landfall. It's a buku amount of rain. Well, you know, California has earthquakes and a surge in Californians moving to Arizona occurs. Just like after the brush fires in California, we have a surge of Californians. We get more Californians into Arizona than from any other state. You know, the farthest any of my relatives have ever moved for a hurricane is they moved from Algiers to Covington. <laughs> for those for those of the listening and never been to Louisiana, that's pretty close. <laughs> but I had to during the break. I just had to after watching all these four screens about the hurricane. I had to call a cousin and see if we could get him on air for not one of these weather reporters standing out on the levee, but for a real live account of what it's like. But, Gary, maybe your relatives are not like mine, but it <laughs> sounded like there were way too many adult beverages being consumed. Oh, no. To, That's... to put these... It's a hurricane party. <laughs> That's typical, you know, hurricane snacks and, you know, just a little bit of uh, adult beverages to kind of get you through the uh, afternoon and night and whatnot, but... Um... Uh, as long as you're not on the coast, and and I'll say this because uh, I know Grand Isle is flooded right now, yeah. and uh, Highway One is, but they built 12 feet high, so those camps look, you know, they're wet, but they're they're not, there's no water in them. Yeah, oh. my favorite is still from Katrina, where they took a four by eight sheet of plywood or OSB and spray painted on it, "Have beer, send ice." <laughs> 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 oh man, well. Well, here we are in the beautiful state of Arizona with an absolutely gorgeous day out here, looking like maybe, I understand there was a little sprinkles up in uh, the, the Chino Valley area, and Flagstaff got a little bit of rain. It's inching its way farther down into the it's coming. desert regions every single day. We could possibly have some nice monsoon moisture here coming up this week. Uh, so enjoy it, folks. And if you missed it last hour, we talked about what you could do to your back patio to help make it a much more enjoyable, comfortable place to stay. Just because it's warm outside 
for the next three or four months. Doesn't mean you have to lock your fanny into your easy chair inside the air conditioning. The back patio can still be a great, fun, comfortable environment. And we have one question, and we call it a hangover question. Andy's calling with a question about the hypothetical patio we built last hour. Mm -hmm. Let's bring Andy into the conversation to see if I can answer his question, and then we'll move on with any question you all might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. If you want to talk about a project you're trying to tackle, give us a ring. It's a toll-free number, one 767 And this is actually why we reversed the two hours, because we would get done with our on-the-house topic, and we'd have so many follow-ups to finish really quick and clear up the lines for the next broadcast that follows us. We thought, well, this is silly. Why don't we switch the hours so we can follow up in real time with all those hangover questions? And that's Andy, who's on air right now. Andy, good morning. Good morning. What are you trying to get done on your patio? Uh, I have an extended uh, patio as we speak, but it's probably 10, 12 feet. Okay. But I wanted to add maybe as much as I could, but I'm not sure about in reference to cantilevering how, how far I can come out. Well, that's – it depends how much engineering you want to do. I mean, we can cantilever a long, long ways, but we're going to need a couple glue lamb beams going back – anchoring onto the exterior bearing post of your exterior wall over the top of the bearing header that's carrying the patio right now and out past that. And then that will then carry the load, and then we'll run the the um, joist, you know, in the opposing direction. So we can we can go as far out as you want, as, but I would tell you, get with an engineer because you're going to have to do some things about your foundation because what you're building is a huge opportunity for the patio to be uplifted in a in a uh, in a in a monsoon storm in particular, so you got to make sure that you're not creating this hinged roof latch that comes flying off in the middle of a storm. So it starts at the foundation. We can extend it and and go as far out as you want. Uh, what 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 part of Arizona are you in? Uh, Northwest uh, Phoenix. Northwest Phoenix. Do you ever do you ever get into Central Phoenix area? Seventh. Yeah. Se- Seventh yeah. Street. Seventh Street in Missouri is a Helt Lumber Company, and if you yep, just yep. if you would just go in with a couple pictures of your back patio, they could they could do a napkin sketch for you real quick. Not anything that would get you a permit, and you're going to need to permit this. But right. it would give you an idea what you could or couldn't do. Were you waving at me? Oh, yeah, I just thought possibly I could just remove the, the drywall that's, you know, on the ceiling and, and uh, you know, put another two-by-six, you know, back inside there and nail it on and go out four or five feet. I wasn't sure what the, the ruling on that was. So. You, you, you can do that. You, you can sister up, but you're not, right. not going to – you can sister up to the existing joists. But I don't think most engineers are going to want you just to, you know, generally the rule is as far out as you can leave or is as far back as you have to go back in. So if you want to go out five feet, you're going to come in five feet. But, gotcha. But okay. for a patio that's susceptible to so much uplift, I think most engineers are going to want you to go ahead and extend that five feet, but bring that joist all the way back to the 
exterior okay. wall of the house, and then sister so nail it up. The twelve foot. I'm sorry. So if it's a twelve foot joist currently, then I'd have to add another twenty four. Or excuse me, twelve plus another like four, four five, 16. like a sixteen foot. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. okay, but an engineer is only going to charge you about one hundred fifty or two hundred fifty bucks at the most. Make sure you have an engineer take a look at it and go from there. But it, 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 there's ways to do it. Okay, I appreciate your help. Okay, man. Another Arizona homeowner looking to enjoy that back patio environment. We can take your call as well. The lines are loading up. one 767 That's one 888 for you Now, you'd think I'd remember that phone. <laughs> It's only been that number for about You must be having years. some of that hurricane beer. <laughs> <laughs> man, oh, man. Okay. little follow-up to last hour. We had mentioned uh, solar ovens as an option, and I texted Lee, and he was able to get me that information. He used to run the survival store out of Prescott, but all he does now is uh, it's called Armor Canine, and he trains dogs for personal protection, uh, you know, and— but he had said it's Sun Oven, so sunoven.com. And looking at it, there are two places in Arizona that you that are dealers. There's Baja Arizona Sustainable Agriculture in Huachuca City okay. in southern Arizona. You can get uh, a Sun Oven. And then Coin Haven in Cottonwood is another location you can get the actual Sun Oven brand, the one we have. And looking around online, there's a lot of additional uh, designs and options that you can get uh amazon has plenty you can order i personally don't uh use amazon intentionally amazon or walmart i i'd stay local and walmart (laughs) is local compared to amazon yeah (laughs) (laughs) there was a time when walmart was the amazon you know (laughs) i yeah intentionally don't use either but you, you can spend a wide variety of range from 100 to 700 on some of these holy cow but you look at these, and they're pretty you, – you get a good investment Wow! on some of them. There's a – oneearthdesign.com has an entire blog on comparing the different types of a panel cooker, uh, a single panel cooker, and then like a, a – well, it looks like a satellite dish cooker. So there's a couple options for you. Just a little follow-up to our – You know what? Uh, previous hour for, for for an ongoing topic on supercooling and and beating the new electric rate we ought to all order a solar oven and start trying some recipes okay and then well, i've got one so you, you, already, got, you just got to catch up <laughs> you're you're already set but we'll get one for the office and put it in the backyard and yeah. bruce has to get one stan will have to get one i'll have to get one and we'll start doing solar cooking uh, to keep from having to turn your oven on before 8 o'clock. I got to figure out what I'm doing as well because I just got my APS bill. Mm-hmm. Last year, my summer high was like $530 for uh, our property. And it's, it's not big. It's a 2,000 square foot. We're way over, but there's a lot of reasons for that. We've got a lot of livestock and a lot of uh, kids and uh, you know, we, we, we use power. Well, I just got my bill yeah. for this month. We haven't changed anything. Okay. And it's $170. That's interesting. So I'm really curious to get home and print out 
are I would love to all see the that. data. Yeah, because when corp- I saw the email, it says your bill's ready. I'm like, ooh, yeah, this is gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the corporation commission r- refused to rehear that rate hike increase that was put in last year. They're just gonna wait till the fall and hear Start another a new case. hear another rate hike conversation. I thought they were only supposed to happen about every four to six years, but I guess now, I guess now we're on the annual basis. <laughs> Don't get your windows replaced until you get an education and a quote from the experts at Pella Windows. So we've got Adam Homer in. Do you often change the window product as you go around the house? Oftentimes, customers wanting to turn a window into a door. If somebody wants to take a an operable window, maybe that they don't ever open, we turn those into picture windows. Would you change glazing options as you go around a house? You know, I guess intuitively it kind of makes sense. I mean, I understand why people think that maybe I'll I'll do uh, you, you know your best sun defense glass on the west and south exposure, and maybe do something different uh, and less expensive on the north and east side of the house. I mean, when it's 115 degrees outside, it's 115 degrees outside whether the sun's on it or not. You're going to put sun defense glass if you're here in the valley uh, throughout your whole home. Take the time to think through the right door and window. Fellas, two locations in Scottsdale and Tucson. Find them at rosieonthehouse.com under certified partners. Here comes the sun. Well, we've already decided that it's not appropriate to bring my cousins on air who are down right at the eye of the hurricane in South Louisiana. But, Romy, don't, don't you have a couple buddies that are part of the Cajun Navy? Think you could find them? <laughs> get old gringo on the line. Yeah, get old gringo. Cajun Navy. They're Why on not? patrol right now. Yeah, They've they got are. a toll-free number if you yeah. need help. The levees, <laughs> the levees are topping, actually, so that's that's this could get interesting. You know, I'll have We'll have to do that rejoinder next one. El Gringo's Louisiana will survive. It's a remake of Country Boy Cancer. It's hilarious. Okay. All right. Well, let's see if we can go to the phone. We have a couple of people been waiting very patiently. Let's bring Matt into the conversation. Who's going to bring him in? Not me. I pushed the wrong button. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, guys. How are you doing today? Good. What are you trying to tackle around the house today? Well, I'm... I'm painting a rocking chair on my beautiful patio with the ceiling fan going in the shade. So, uh, you know, the last hour was, was perfect for me to listen to, to some additional upgrades. Fantastic. uh, I, I had a question. Um, I've got just a stack of old circular saw blades that I've used over the years. They've gone dull and, (laughs) you know, some of them are the cheap ones and some are, you know, 70, 80, $90 blades. Yeah. Is it worth it to try to get those sharpened? Is there a place that does that or, once they're dull, is it just take them, you know, someplace to recycle them? Matt, it really depends on what you spent on the blade. Uh, the multi-purpose cross-cut, you know, 60-tooth, 48-tooth, 30-tooth blade that costs between 7 and $14 isn't worth sharpening, okay? But if you have a good carbide bit, you know, with a 40 or 50-tooth that you're doing fine finish cuts with— that you probably spent, like you say, 30, 40, 50, maybe 60 bucks on, those are worth sharpening. With this caveat, if you can find somebody that still does it. <laughs> well, that was my follow up question. Where? <laughs> well, I only know one guy. Where are you in Arizona? 
Uh, I'm in Chandler. Oh, Sunny this Valley. this guy's in Sunny Slope. He's a he's an old Quaker guy that has a little shop, uh, Olaf's saw sharpening, and he's been sharpening our blades for forty years. But he, he literally is the only guy I know that still you, you used to could drop them off at the lumber yard and they sharpen them for you. But no more. They don't even give away free pencils at the lumber yard anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe I just need to stockpile them for a while and then, you know, take a trip to Sunny Slope and drop off a whole, uh, you know, just truckload of, of blades to be sharpened. Yeah, and and I'd, I'd do it soon because when we lose him, we may have lost the last saw sharpener in the Phoenix. <laughs> but it really depends on what you spend on the blade. And, you know, residentially, unless, unless you're in the business where you're running that uh, uh, saw, you know, four hours a day, uh, you know, 20, 25 bucks, about as good a blade as you need to buy. And residentially, you should be able to get several years of usage out of that, depending on how many nails you hit while you're cutting your lumber. Uh, and that's about, as, you know, that's about as cost effective as you can get. Okay. All right. Perfect. Thank you so okay. much, Rosie. Okay, man. Thanks for listening out there on his back patio painting that rocking chair. Now, see, that's a man that knows how to live on his yeah, patio right there. Yeah, and just to follow up from the last hour, we got a text in uh, during the break from someone who's actually in the uh, misting system business. Uh-oh. And we just wanna, oh, I hate oh, when I, the, know. I hate when the experts start yeah. texting in on something like that. But he just <laughs> wanted to make sure we wanted to clear up, you know, that a, a, an A-line, what they call an A-line misting system by itself will drop the temperature about 15 degrees ish so okay. i think uh, i think he was under the impression we were saying that just the misting system would take us down 30 degrees but oh. really we're talking about the whole package and it may not temperature wise bring you down but it, it's that chilling effect where it's it, like it, they say it's it's negative 10 outside but it feels like negative 40 right <laughs> with yeah, the wind so, chill so with those fans and those shades and all of that stuff that's when you can can hit that type of effect not just not just the misting system all right very good well thank make sure and thank him because i i make fun of experts that always played no, monday he, uh, morning quarterback yeah. and second guess me this but, was a good but one. that's actually how we've collected the great majority of our, our information at rosie on the house is by generous experts that share their expertise with us over the last 30 years and we've put that all together at the website rosieonthehouse.com if you're not familiar with it, get familiar with it. What have you got there, buddy? Well, I don't know. I was looking at our newsletter, and there wasn't generally we have our listener appreciation giveaway, some kind of yes. trivia or something in the newsletter. But there's nothing there, so you guys have to help me figure out how are we supposed to give these away. Okay. It is Diamondbacks. They host the Milwaukee Brewers Saturday, July 20th, first pitch at 510. Great seats, uh, Section K, Row J, seats 12 and 11 right above uh, the dugout along the third baseline. And it comes with the best part, a Chase Field parking pass. Let's, so you can let, Let's figure out right after the break, when we come back with our 15-minute tips on projects to tackle around the house, we'll figure out how to we'll give those tickets now away. And then, all right. <laughs> if you'd like to join the conversation, one 767 4348 one rosie for you Text questions, 411 923. You can also email info at rosieonthehouse.com. Millennials thought it was the end of time when the Amy River ran too damn high. 
temperature is up and the internet is down and you only get a signal if you go in town thanks a lot AT&T we rode out the storm here in Denham Springs my woman and the kids and the dog and me and a big fat hairy wet pussycat I got a sunburn, a hemorrhoid, a four-day rash, and I'm covered in fiberglass. And I can't even scratch my <laughs> Why not be the most appropriate for Rosie on the House audience? That was uh, El Gringo remaking Louisiana Will Survive After Suffering a Hurricane. Got that from uh, the Walton Johnson radio broadcast that is, uh, covers the Gulf Coast. <laughs> Very good. Well, American we- satirist. You... you- you have to have a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> sense of humor. You got to have a sense of humor if you're going to wait out a hurricane. Right? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. There goes the truck. Ha, <laughs> oh, ha, ha. There goes the front patio. Oh, no. Uh, uh, there goes the roof. <laughs> there goes the roof. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about what our blog has to say today. 15 quick fix repairs you can do this weekend, all in 15 minutes or less. Not all 15 fixes. In 15 minutes, but 15, 15 minute quick fixes that you can tackle in about and around your house. But I want to get to the phone first. Teresa has been on hold for a while. Let's see if we can get her taken care of, and then we'll go on to into our blog material. Yeah. Hello, Miss Teresa. Hello. Hello. Yes. Hi. Um, I have a question. I received an APS seller um, offer. And I was wondering if this would be something that would, and I'm thinking more of it, anything harming my tile roof that I had. I had a house that was built in 95 with a tile roof, and APS has sent out a letter asking if uh, they can put solar panels up on my roof. And they want, for 20 they want, years, yeah, they, they would want, give me $30 back on my bill. They want to they want to basically rent your roof is what they're is what they're asking you permission to do and they'll rent your roof and install a solar system but you're not going to get the benefit of that solar power that solar power is going to go back into the grid and you're simply going to get a small rental payment for the space that they're consuming on your roof if it were i I don't want to discourage people from this because I don't want to discourage people from solar energy. But if it were my roof, I wouldn't want to relegate its condition to a third party. And I understand it's a 20-year agreement. Uh, I don't know, Teresa. It, it, It isn't anything I would do at my own house. I would just install the solar panels and have the photovoltaic system feeding into my service entrance section uh, as opposed to renting my roof to APS. But that, but that's just yeah. me. I'll tell you what you can do. You can call uh, Greg Thompson at Scottsdale Solar. Uh, we'll put you on hold and we'll get you his number. He's the newest approved Rosie on the House solar photovoltaic system provider, and he can talk you through the pros and the cons of renting your roof to APS to give them their permission to mount a solar system on your roof. And uh, he'll, he'll know more of the ins and outs than I will. And congratulations 
to Scottsdale Solar for making it through the Rosie on Now screening process, our, our newest uh, member to the Rosie on Now certified team. And we also have Verde Solar for the cotton. That's co- right. Out of, That's right. Uh, not Cottonwood. Camp Verde? Uh, no. Even Corn- better than Cornville. that. Cornville. Cornville. But they service the whole Verde Valley area, Flagstaff, Prescott, uh, even down to um, Cordes Junction. Great, great state for solar, and we've got great solar partners. You can find them at rosieonthehouse.com. All right. We're here in studio with Bruce Stumbo from Rosie on the House Remodeling, who's going to help us talk through the 15 quick fix, 15 Minute repairs. Did you guys decide how we're going to give away the tickets yet, though, before we get to that? Before Um, we run out of time, I'm like, hey, we have tickets left over. (laughs) No, I forgot. Okay, we'll do it. (laughs) You guys do the 15-minute tips. I'll figure this out, and we'll do it at the end of the second. We'll have to do something quick, that's for sure. Yeah, so if you go to uh, rosieonthehouse.com, you'll see on the front there a little link where it's uh, hashtag for... 15-minute fixes. And if you go that, you'll find an article. So just a couple of suggestions. Uh, One real easy one is filling in, you know, those old nail holes in your walls where you had pictures and and that sort of thing hanging up. Um, You know, there's a couple of products, but you're basically using a little wall texture and fill those in, let them dry out. And depending on your wall color, you may may or may not to uh, need to do a little painting. Um, That's where I got my handyman reputation started. Filling in nail holes. Uh-huh. In the, <laughs> at the college dorm with toothpaste. <laughs> you can use toothpaste. It sounds strange, but you can do it. Yeah. That's for small ones, small holes. Um, uh, the next one we've got on the list is replacing those dingy old dirty light cover plates. Um, I don't know. Are, uh, are you allowed to change light? Cover plates, or is that too close to electricity? Me personally, mm-hmm. if 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 the if the main breaker in the service electric panel shut off, okay, all right. I I know uh, Jennifer discourages you from going near electricity. Yeah, she doesn't so. like me near electricity. No, no, um, has nothing to do with the new shake I got. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, uh, um, and then we kind of touched on already but you know spend 15 minutes doing little paint touch-ups you know you get that ding in the corner of the wall or in my case where uh my uh girls are rubbing their child's hands on the walls and you get those little spots and and things like that Um, and and you know while you're on this paint issue it might be a good time to share one of our other tips about storing paint folks hmm. if you open the paint can and you've touched up let me give you a couple tips. Clean the rim of the can really, really good. Even like with using an old toothbrush and get all the residual paint off of there as you're dragging the paintbrush across the inside of your paint can. Many times it will overflow into the little rim that the lid sits down into. Clean that really good. Stretch saran wrap. You have to get your wife to do that because I don't know any man that can undo saran wrap. I can't. Undo some saran wrap and lay it across the top of the can and then take the lid, which is also cleaned, put it down and use a rubber mallet, not a hammer, not a steel hammer, a rubber mallet and tap the lid home all the way around. Turn the can upside down and store it upside down and paint stored that method 
can go for years, but don't put it in your mechanical closet. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's a little hot in there for paint. Yes, yeah. uh, doesn't like that. Okay, so that's painting touch-up. Um, another big one here, of course, with our hard water that we've got going is cleaning out those faucet aerators. You know, people all the time complain about turn on that sink and it starts spraying out of the side and going all over the place. Just that mineral deposit buildup. So a real easy way to do it is you remove that old aerator um, and just soak it in, in plain white vinegar. Um, there are, of course, products that you can buy that are a little more hardcore, but most of the time vinegar does the trick. Um, I actually had a, had a job we did recently, had a, a little bar sink that was doing that and uh, actually couldn't remove the aerator. So just a little tip use a little little tape and uh, cut off the bottom of a water bottle and you can create yourself a little little uh, bowl there right uh, stick it up against the bottom of the uh, the aerator riddle oh. me this bruce is there a difference between vinegar and cleaning vinegar or is that just a marketing label uh i don't know for 100 percent. the only thing i know that i yeah. wouldn't do is i wouldn't use uh the cleaning vinegar from the big box store to you know cook anything <laughs> oh okay point but, taken <laughs> but they also have that product clr mm -hmm. yeah that's a fantastic and, one and, and that's where when i when i service my misting system on the back patio i take all the nozzles off i soak them in there overnight put them back on at the beginning of the of the summer and stays clear all summer long mm. um and then, of course, in the article, we've got a now, couple. I'll tell you another thing. When you're trying to clear that, that aerator out, some faucets will have a water restrictor, a flow mm -hmm. restrictor on mm -hmm. it. And there are different wafers that have to go back in in the same and, order that they came yeah, back they, out. So as you unscrew that aerator, watch very carefully the four or five wafers that drop out yeah. and make hey. sure you take a picture of it or memorize how it goes back in. Yeah, pay pay attention to that. Otherwise, <laughs> you you might spend uh, more than 15 minutes trying yeah. to get it back together. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, one that we people ask us about is uh, changing the water filter in your refrigerator. Um, it's really a very simple job. Uh, most of the time, with the uh, wonder of the internet, is just get get the model number off your fridge, uh, do a quick search. You'll generally find all those filters that you need. Um, and at least with my refrigerator, you don't even need to turn the water off to the refrigerator. Right. You unscrew it. You just screw that new that new uh, filter in, and it take you longer to go to the store and get back than it will to finish the job. So, and. Uh, do we want to answer? We had a text question about somebody. We got on the paver topic, and they were asking about wood on the patio. Do we want to just what give did them? They, what well, did they so want to know? We had a, a listener texted in and asked if uh, you could overlay a concrete patio with wood instead of pavers. You'll hate yourself. Yeah. I, we <laughs> we were saying uh, unless you, you really like your neighborhood's termites and want to create a nice little munching spot you, for them. You, you better be... A hermit bachelor. Because mm -hmm. if you live in that house with anybody else or ever have friends over, they will lynch you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, we'd stay away from putting uh, the wood on top of the concrete patio. I there. would not create a back patio. He's, he's trying to create a wood deck, deck look. Yeah. And you can do that, uh, but you're going to want to put sleepers down first to keep the wood off of the concrete slab with an air gap so it's not constantly being 
sit down flush to the concrete. And really, there's a reason we don't build wood decks south of the Mogollon Rim. It's just not a good idea. Under a patio, shaded. Uh, and even I think I think what you should do is what Romy did. Romy, tell them how you got that look at your house. Well, we poured concrete. We dyed the concrete first. So if there was ever a chip on the concrete surface, surface the color would go through. through and through. And then once you poured it, we took big rubber stamps and you put it on and you tap it. And it, the stamps could come in all kinds of different designs and shapes, but we, I used the wood design. The wood plank. And then did some additional coloring and sealing on top. So it's a concrete patio, but it looks like wood. That was a handsome patio. And that really was. That looked really good. And it's funny. You would see people go to step on it. And the first time, they would kind of... You know, stumbled because they were expecting to step onto wood and it was concrete and just that different feel of different surface they were anticipating would would make them, some people kind of like, you know, lose their first step onto it. But it, I mean, it'll last forever. And you had mentioned below the rim, you know, that's for rot, but just for fire, you know, it'd be wise to not put a wood rim a wood deck above the rim either if you're in a, a cabin area or setting, you know, more in like the center of a town, like Sholo or Flagstaff or you know, Prescott. In town, it's not a big issue, but if you're out in the mountains and in the woods, I would never do anything wood exposure. Welcome back to Rosie on the House. And uh, just a quick follow-up to our short vinegar discussion we had a a listener call in and help us out there Uh, so the difference is is that regular white vinegar is at five percent acid and cleaning vinegar is at 15 percent acid which makes it not edible but better for cleaning things well there you go a lot of follow-up on where to get blades sharpened as well you had mentioned timber yeah so timberline there was uh, another gentleman that emailed in from Catalina, said he sends his to Forest Manufacturing. You looked them up, and they've got like a Houston and a New Jersey. So oh, wow. And you got to send it. Uh, woodworker Source, somebody mentioned on Elliot, but they have four or five locations mm-hmm. throughout the state. Yeah. And I, I, all the decorative stuff we do with wood, I, I usually go there for all kinds of exotic and rare woods and uh, nice different form finishes. I've I've never asked the guys at Rockler. I was going to say Rockler's another one that likely sharpens blades. I'm in there fairly often. We got enough response on that. I think we're going to have to have a blade sharpening segment (laughs) follow up on this. Not a month, but just a segment. (laughs) Just a segment, yeah. (laughs) And then uh, Diamondbacks tickets. This is for Saturday, July 20th. We host the Milwaukee Brewers. Great seats above the dugout, uh, home base, uh, home team dugout. What's the mascot? Of the last team the Diamondbacks beat. What's the name of the mascot? The other team the Diamondbacks last beat. Hint, it's the name of another Arizona sports franchise. Text that question to 411-923, and we'll pick a random right winner at the end of this programming segment. There you go. Another way we say thank you to the Arizona homeowners for tuning in to Rosie on the House. And I've got one more thing to 
uh, announced. We've got a partner that's been with us for a lot of years, and we got an email in just about it this morning, and the company name is Stampede Plumbing. Now, for yes. a certain amount of time, they were operating a DBA under a franchise, and they have since dropped that franchise because there was more than one franchise in the service area, and it was too confusing on, well, which one is Rosie certified, which one's not, Uh Bound and restrictions, all kinds of reasons. They have dropped it. So they're back to Stampede Plumbing, servicing the Maricopa County area. So always go to rosieonthehouse.com, put in your zip code, select your category, just to verify one last time that this is existing. You are getting a true Rosie on the House certified partner before making the call. There you go. All right. So lessons learned in today's broadcast. If you were able to tune in, for the 7 o'clock hour, we had Amy Burnett here from Arizona Game and Fish, and she talked about all the game and outdoor activity, game viewing and outdoor activity events Arizona Game and Fish have lined up over the next couple months. There's a bat netting at Boyce Thompson Arboretum, July 20th. July 21st, there's a bighorn sheep and wildlife viewing cruise on Canyon Lake aboard the Dolly Steamboat. July 25th, the lecture series on pack rats at Desert Botanical Garden. July 26th, another bat netting at Needle Rock Recreation Site. Arizona Game and Fish has events in August, September, and literally every month to encourage you to allow your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, round up these young folks and let them have an outdoor Arizona wildlife encounter. And Arizona Game and Fish is doing an, uh, an exceptional job. They always have. But now they're even making a bigger push into getting everybody engaged in outdoor wildlife. My hat's off to Arizona Game and Fish. Like I mentioned in the 7 o'clock hour, of all the game and fish departments I've ever had contact with, they set the standard. And they're managing over 800 species of animals and fish just in the state of Arizona. So that was the 7 o'clock hour, 8 o'clock hour. We brought in yeah, John Eisenhower. Talking trees. We talked about the yellow bells and all your to-dos for your tree calendar trimming and preparing for monsoon prep nine o'clock we talked about shade and patios and it's funny you actually mentioned that you'll never buy a west-facing patio again and i'm designing the quote-unquote perfect house and if i built it where it is right now on the property we're at we plan to be at it's going to be a south-facing patio because that's our view of the mountains yes and so how we designed that um, to not have a huge amount of solar gain for the summer so we can enjoy it and still be comfortable and cool. Uh, so I'm not going to go into all the details of how we're going to do that right now, but it's gonna, the, the shape of it's going to follow the arc of the sun during the summer, uh, summer months because it's at the, the angle in the summer is at a different angle than the winter, but we also don't want a super cold patio in the winter either. So how do you balance that? And it's something that we're just uh, playing with in concept and design right now. But it was all about shade, You a can big factor here. <laughs> you can tune into the 9 o'clock hour and hear us build that hypothetical perfect back patio. And Happy he, anniversary to Woods Plumbing, 40th anniversary, and Rebath in Tucson's 10th anniversary. Rosie that, on the House Partners. That awesome. Our Tucson Referral Network. 
partners. Thank you. And yes, they, and if you answered Cardinals or Fredbird, the mascot for the Arizona Cardinals, either one of those were acceptable. We'll send you the tickets to the Diamondbacks next Saturday.